0: welcome to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. I'm your host, Michaela Leji, and yes, this week I am back behind the mic and asking the questions. Um, last week, if you tuned in to our podcast, um, I was actually the interviewee, which was really different for me, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm really grateful that the BRN gave me the opportunity to uh, just kind of share my story and uh, share how God has worked in my life. So thank you but also very grateful to be back on this end of things um, and doing the sharing of the story. So, for this week, we are on story number 14, and uh, we're sitting down with Reverend Charles Levi Martin, who is the lead pastor at Unity Fellowship Baptist Church in Willingboro, New Jersey. Now, Reverend Martin recently just returned from a ministry trip to Liberia, Africa, which, incidentally, is his native homeland. Uh, So he was over there during Easter, and he actually got to preach uh, three sermons at one of the oldest churches, if not the oldest church, uh, in Liberia. And it was actually the church that he was baptized at. So uh, super cool. He has lots of connections to that country, both emotionally and spiritually. So this week he's going to sit down with us and kind of share uh, the ministry work that he did while he was over there. Uh, But he's also going to share with us the needs that the people in Liberia experience on a daily basis. And uh, he's also going to tell us, you know, how you can be involved uh, with the ministry work that he and his church are doing there um, and kind of get involved with that international ministry. So we're covering a lot in just 30 minutes here or so. So I hope you're buckled in and ready to go because we're going to take a mini trip to Liberia um, vicariously through Reverend Martin for this week's episode. And uh, with that, uh, we will go ahead and jump right on in. Reverend Martin, thank you so much for joining us today and just being willing to share with us the the stories that you have about how you have seen God move in the country of Liberia um, and, and just sharing with us, you know, the ministry work that you just recently got back from doing over there. But before we kind of get into the depths of that conversation, I, I do want to ask a little bit about you. Um, if you would, would you share a little bit about your background, you know, maybe how you were called to the ministry, and how you ended up at Unity Fellowship Baptist Church in New Jersey.
1: Well, thank you very much. First, let me just say, uh, we do appreciate the opportunity to share our message and uh, our story, and uh, want to thank the BRN, uh, uh, Nam, even Southern Baptist Convention, uh, for the role they've uh, given us uh, as a church plant in the South Jersey area. Well I'm originally from Liberia West Africa. I was born in uh in in Monrovia. Um, I was born uh in a Christian home. My father though not married to my mother uh, at one point uh was president of the Liberian Baptist Missionary and Educational Convention. Uh he was uh a builder of churches in the interior part of the country as well as uh in the in the city. Uh he as senator for Grand Bassa County, he built a the Thankful Baptist Church. He built a church in an interior lot on family property uh, uh, in an area called Lloydsville. My my early experience in Christianity is greatly influenced by Southern Baptist Convention. So it's amazing that I am a part of that today. I said it because... the Liberian Baptist Missionary and Educational Convention for which my father did serve, and then later the president of the Republic of Liberia, William R. Talbot, who was also a Baptist minister who became president of the Baptist World Alliance, were members of Southern Baptist Convention. And I grew up uh, as a royal ambassador, uh, memorizing scripture, learning the scripture, a lot under missionaries who had come from the Southern Baptist Convention. My early education was on Rick's Institute And a lot of my my style of speaking uh, has been influenced both by missionary and by Martin Luther King Jr. that I studied and listened to from Wax Records uh, as a child. But on Ricks Institute, you had a Southern Baptist missionary, uh, T. Eugene Udy, who served as principal of Ricks Institute, which was a missionary uh, uh, school, uh, meaning it was a boarding school outside of Monrovia, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour out of Monrovia, depending on the traffic. So that was that was my early experience with Christianity. That's where I, I, I committed my life to Jesus Christ. That's where I was baptized and studied deeply the scripture, because as a royal ambassador, you had to study and memorize the scripture and live out certain ethos in your own life and to move from, from Pathfinder to Trailblazer and then finally becoming an ambassador. But what that equipped me to do was to be able to have the scripture Part and parcel of me, so that even today, when I'm when I'm publicly speaking or preaching, I, I don't need a text, I don't need the scripture, because uh, as, as David said, that we must hide God's word in your heart. So it's all memorized for the most part, and and I thank my my mother for that, who who also encouraged me uh, to learn the scripture, and I learned to pray from her. Uh, but my early years were spent in Liberia. That's where I I, I got my early education on Ricks Institute. Uh, Due to uh, difficult conditions with malaria and fever, I left the boarding school and came back to Monrovia, went through the rest of my education, uh, uh, elementary, and went to a a Catholic high school, St. Patrick's, which was very meticulous about learning. Uh, The education was was strict. The discipline was strict. And uh, you had to study. You had to study to show literally yourself approved. My mother then got sick with cancer uh and i had to come to the united states i was uh then in the 11th grade at st patrick's and very difficult because all my life i was hoping that one day i would be able to do something for this woman who had invested so much in me still painful to reflect on that because uh my mother passed not long after that my father in fact died before she did and in 11 months i was an orphan in uh uh having lost both my parents and so what I did was then put together a group that sang on stage, and I performed in the inaugural, inaugural drama of our president, William Artal, but I did all of this as a means of what I enjoyed, but also supporting myself. And uh, I never forget, I, re- I was able to raise $5,000 during a vacation, and that's a lot of money in Liberia uh, in 1974. And um, I-, I did that, and I survived. I survived and graduated in 1974 with honors. But I always knew that I had a call to preach. I knew this from the time I was nine years old. I felt this calling uh, on Rick's Institute as, an, as a child. And I, I I could not run away from it. I tried. In fact, I was quite angry at God when my mother died uh, uh, before I could graduate from high school when I lost both my parents. And I decided I'm not going to go that. I'm not going to do this. And I had a friend called Eromore changed his name to Ketakumi, And he became the hound of heaven. He chased me, literally, at my home, in the streets. Martin, God wants you to preach. You know God called you to preach. He gave you the gifts. He gave you the gift of singing, the gift of public speaking, the gift and charisma to reach out to people. You got to do what God called you to do. I'm like, I'm not gonna have anything to do with it. God has taken away my mother. I'm gonna do something else. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go into movies. I'm gonna be a star. And he says, no. No, God wants you to preach. He hounded me at the same time. Uh, we had then our President, William R. Talbot, who was president of the Baptist Convention and president of the Baptist World Alliance and in nineteen seventy six he opened the Liberian Baptist Theological Seminary, where we had uh, uh the opportunity to 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 live again uh, in a setting on the dorm away from Monrovia. At this seminary that they had just begun, and the the idea was to acquire a BTH, a Bachelor of Theology. I had made an attempt to enter the University of Liberia, and one day, sitting there at the same time, I'm like, "No, this is not what God wants me to do. I'm gonna stop running from Ketakumi. I'm gonna stop running from Iramora, I'm gonna stop running from God. I'm gonna to go to seminary." So, in the midst of taking this entrance exam for the for the uh, University of Liberia, I left and enrolled as one of the first 10 students in the Liberian Baptist Theological Seminary in 1976. God was doing some marvelous things with me in that place. Uh, I loved it, I enjoy it, I was learning, I was preaching in fact as a teenager at that time. And me and this guy who chased me to go to seminary would would go into all these villages, he would play his guitar and I would sing and we would both preach and, and bring people to Jesus Christ and witness to them in the villages. And, and, and we begin to build 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 communities of faith in, in, in those areas, in an area called Virginia near Rick's Institute. And, and we did that for a while. And, and while I was doing that and in seminary and singing on the local television and witnessing, I got an invitation from my sister in America to come to school in the United States. And uh, no one in Liberia would turn down an invitation. To come to the United States and uh, I took that opportunity and I matriculated to the United States uh, in 1976.
0: Okay, sounds great. Thank you for sharing all of that. That was a great thorough explanation of how God has just like worked to get you to where you are today as a pastor. Um, so uh, I guess that kind of answers my, my second question is going to be how you were connected to Liberia to go over and do ministry work but that's because that is your your native land um and and that is where god has placed a passion in your heart for um so recently you just got back last week correct from liberia
1: yes i got back uh saturday
0: okay (laughs) wow so you quick turnaround
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: um so what ministry work were you over there doing this time
1: Okay, well, well, let me let me just give you a little background. I, I shared with you that my father was former president of the Baptist Convention. Uh, about whew, about five six years ago, I got a call from Pastor Bettner, who's my mentor. He is the pastor of the Delaware Valley Baptist Church, and he says he said, he says said, he says son he called me son I call him the bishop he says son uh, this guy keep calling me Boniface Bala from Nimba County. That's one of the the counties in Liberia in the up, the northern area, that he wants to talk to you. But I'm a little leery of giving him your number. I said, I said, well, Bishop, while he's calling, he said, there is this school he keeps telling about called the Levi H. Martin Baptist High School. That's the school built while my father was president of the Liberian Baptist Missionary Educational Convention. I really have had no ties of connectivity with it. And I got excited because I'd heard about it. But Nobody has ever reached me. I'd never been up to NIMBA since I was in the senior class in B.W. Harris in 1974. And, and 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 this was like 40 years later that I'm being told about this school. And I got excited. And, and I said, fine. And and, and, and and I got connected with uh, Reverend Boniface Bala. And he said to me, Reverend, you got to come. You got to come to NIMBA. Uh, your father's school is in disarray. There's a great need here. You got to come. You got to come. I, and I said to him, "Bala, I, I am working <laughs> to do a church plant. I got no more than about eight to ten people working with me. I don't have money. I don't have the means." He says, "God will provide it. God will make a way." So I said, "Okay, okay, Bala. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how I come to Nimba because it's gonna take at least fifteen hundred dollars round trip ticket." to come to Liberia, I need a hotel to live in, I need car to drive, I need food to eat, I need to come out there and, and, and be a blessing to people. I would need close to $20,000. So I tell you what, Bala, let's believe God, let's, we did exactly what we did before we got a new program, we prayed. And I said, God, it is your will. And I tell you, I started a Facebook fundraiser. I I, I, I sent word to, to BRN, I believe I got a $500 grant uh, Bethany uh, provided some seed money for me, about $500. Another friend minister in, in Brooklyn, Salem Missionary Baptist Church provided $500. And the funding began to grow and I began to say, God, have your way. I got enough money to make the trip to go to Liberia. That was my first trip. I got to NIMBA and I'm greeted. I am greeted by a thousand or more people with a marching band, singing indigenous music, the students in uniform, political leaders, the staff of the school, this thing flowed me. I I was in tears because I had not done anything. All I was doing was coming to take a look. And that's what I did. We were able to do a walk through that school. I spent about five days there, did a three-night revival in the church uh, my father Bill also called Ebenezer Baptist Church in Nimba. Hundreds of people showed up. The church was crowded. I mean, night after night after night, people rededicated their lives to Jesus Christ. People accepted Jesus for the first time. I, I went to every classroom, and it was pathetic because a thousand students from kindergarten to 12th grade, I spoke with every class. One by one, I I spoke with the students daily to find out what were the dreams, what were the hopes. And and here you go, you have a thousand students in a school without a cafeteria. They come to school in the morning and they stay until the school is over, but they have barely anything to eat. There is no nursing station. If people got hurt on on the campus, if they got wounded, if they got cut, if they got sick, there's no immediate care. They told me we have a computer lab. I said, let me see the computer lab. They walk me into there. I got in the computer lab, and I look, all the ceiling is messed up from rain. They have computers, but no internet. But this is the situation. So I I, I, I made a vow that I would come back in, and, and, and I would get, even if it's used computers, to send back and, and get some screens. Now, I've sent some, but we need at least another 15 more. If we can get these computers, I've spoken with the guy who owns internet company, one of them, partners, Ben and I, Yuri. he said, Martin, if you can get the computers, I will have my people provide the free internet to the school. So, I look, if anybody's listening, we need some computers. We need about 50, I don't care if it's used. It doesn't matter. We can use that because we, we need to get computers in each of the classrooms. Why do I say this? Most of the teachers get paid $50 a month. They're volunteers, and many times they don't have the $50, but they go and teach anyhow. But if we can get these computers and these laptops and these pull-down screens in the classroom, many of us can volunteer to teach the teachers because many of the teachers are not equipped to teach. There are schools all over the country that are not equipped, that have no bathroom, that have no computer lab, that that, that barely have benches all over the country The need. It's so great, it's overwhelming, but, but if we can help someone in small, in some small way, it'll make a difference. It will make a difference. Th- th- that's how I started going to Liberia, year after year after year after year. In fact, it even started before then when my daughter asked me, uh, daddy, uh, do children get gifts under the tree? That was 2012, and it moved me. And we started what is called Toys of Joy at Christmas, where we take hundreds of toys, and, and and I took it the hard way because I, I, I didn't uh, have it accumulated over time and shipped by barrels or by containers. I had to put them in suitcases, and each suitcase cost about 200 bucks. But a VA group here in, in Willingboro and some senior centers helped get me some toys, which I took and was able to share with the kids at the Providence Baptist Church in Monrovia, who, in fact, is the oldest church in, I believe, Africa, certainly in Liberia because it, it, it comes in line with Liberia's independence. Uh, we just celebrated the 200th anniversary, and that is one of the reasons why I was just there. But but just to tell you, the need, need is overwhelming. There is abject poverty in the country. Most kids, families go to bed hungry every night. This recent trip that I took, I was one of several uh, pastors, African-Americans, uh, uh, and some Liberians who we're given an award for humanitarian. One of the things is, uh, we recently had coronavirus in Liberia and and, and many of the churches were shut down. We raised some monies here at Unity Fellowship Baptist Church and through what I call C. Levi Martin Ministries and provided 200 bags of rice to four Baptist churches. The Providence Baptist Church, which is 200 years old. Uh, The three churches are connected with my father the Thankful Baptist Church in Buchanan, where he served for many years as pastor. The Good Hope Baptist Church in an area called Loysville, where the indigenous dialect Basso is spoken. And then uh, another uh, 50 bags of of rice. So we had 50 to Providence, 50 to Thankful in Buchanan, Providence in Monrovia, 50 to Good Hope in Lloydsville, and 50 bags of rice to uh, 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 Ebenezer. That was a little over $3,000 that we raised to do that and, and had the Reverend Dr. Samuel Reese to coordinate that in Liberia. But this is the kind of stuff that I've been doing over the years, uh, but I was in Liberia on this last trip. Uh, I, I I went in on the 24th, arrived on the 25th. Uh, it's a long trip where you travel to Europe first through Brussels, you go to Brussels, and then you, you get a connecting flight or uh, sometimes it dropped you to neighboring Sierra Leone and then Liberia Ghana. But, uh, it's, 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 a flight, not for wimps. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I got there and, and, uh, I had been invited to do a three day revival at empowerment temple, uh, run by, uh, uh, the Reverend Katura uh, Reverend Dr. Katura Yuck Cooper. Uh, it's an AME church. And I did a three day revival there. And, uh, just so grateful, uh, came from the theme uh, of moving uh signs and wonders following uh from the text. And Mark this says, uh, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will speak up, pick up serpents if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Very important in a place where there is very little medical care. Poor healthcare system, and and people, people are dying from all kinds of sickness to, you know. To bring and talk about divine healing, but not only that, to bring hope and bring faith to people. So, so we preached on that um, on that theme, and uh, uh, for three days, uh, had people recommit their lives to Jesus. Those who did not know Him in the saving of their lives through through the the, the saving work on the cross, through the blood of the Lamb. Uh, many came to know Jesus Christ and and, and turned to Him. And uh, I was also invited with the task of preaching three services for the 200th anniversary of the cornerstone of the nation, which is Providence Baptist Church. Uh, For Easter, April 4th, I was uh, the guest preacher for 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 12 o'clock services. Uh, And we had a wonderful time. Church was packed for each service. And uh, it was just great being there and preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and watching a church, a church survive in this environment, for 200 years. A church that stood at the very place was the the founders of Liberia. And in fact, one of them happened to have been a Baptist preacher from a plantation in Virginia, Lot Carey. Lot Carey was the first pastor of Providence Baptist Church. He was one of those who said, here in America, I'd rather go to Africa and deal with wild lions and deal with anything else than be a slave in America and deal with the hardship." So La Keira packed up with family, with people like Hillary Teach, and, and, uh, and they went to Liberia and founded the nation, but founded the, the, the Providence Baptist Church even before Liberia became independent. It was in this very church that the Declaration of Independence was signed. It was in this church that, that the, the, the legislature was founded in this church that was used. Uh, uh uh for the for the capital building literally that's where the, the 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 senate and legislature met in providence baptist church uh, uh and 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 I thank God that it's my church I was baptized there in the old building uh which still stands uh and now we have a new massive building but yeah it was good to be home and 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 that's where I came from and that's where that's what I was doing in liberia just recently but maybe it maybe that's why I thought I went to liberia I say this because after the twelve o'clock service, there was an emissary—a group of four men—who had come and said, uh, "Rev. Martin, uh, we knew you were here." Uh, sis Alvina, there's a, a Liberian lady in Australia who had been calling me and texting me and telling me they need help. I gotta go there. I gotta go to Cooper Farm. I gotta go see what they're doing. And you know, my schedule was so quick. I, I like I—I I don't ever have time. But these guys accosted me <laughs> right in the church. Right after the service, and they said, Reverend, we came here to see you. And I'm like, okay, okay, have a seat. And we sat right in the pulpit area, and they said, you need to come. You need to come and see what's going on. So I listened. I said, okay, I will come. And it was on the, I believe it was on the Wednesday before I left. And I went up to Cooper Farm, about an hour and a half or maybe 45 minutes out of Monrovia. I get there thinking I'm going to sit down with another group of council of five, six people to talk to me about what they're doing. But there is this throng of people, hundreds, hundreds of people, close to about six, seven hundred kids, another, I would say about a thousand, Another, close to another three, four hundred older women and widows. I try to park my car and they said, no, drive in. It so happened that I had boxes of new clothing from a friend with tags on it. And I walk in and the first thing I said to myself, I got to give these to these kids. But I get there and they start a program of welcome, of prayer, of singing. And they've been there since 12 o'clock. It's around five o'clock. And you've got close to a thousand people there still. And I am in tears because when you look at their faces, their eyes are sad, they're malnourished, the poor, you can tell they haven't seen a doctor or a dentist. They're in rags. And they're looking at me like some savior. And I had to tell them, listen, guys, I'm a poor preacher. I see the need. I don't have it. But I know who has it. God has it. God has it. And he can help lift you out of this muck and this mar and this horrible pit. But let me see what's going on. And they show me a school. And they had this school because if they didn't have it, these children will be in the street. Rape is rampant in this country. There is little or no justice in this country. Police are not equipped to deal with the rampant crime and the vulnerability of the young girls and boys. And so this girl, Alvina, Alvina, built this place off her own few dollars from Australia to keep them in school. There are 10 teachers who's supposed to be paid $50 a month, but many months, they don't have it to pay them. And I looked at this thing here and I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there in front of them. And at the revival, this one sister from America who had come to hear the preaching, pulled me aside and give me a hundred dollars, slip it in my hand. In, and for some reason I put it in the corner of my wallet at my emergency fund in Liberia. But I'm in front of these people and I see these widows and I see these, these, these single mom, and I see these hundreds of children, and God is saying, "Give it." And I'm like, "God, that's all. I, that, that's my emergency money." He says, "Give it," and I'm arguing with God, and I'm trying to battle with Him. And He says, "Just give it." And the money began to be away, and I'm like, "I gotta get rid of this quick." And I took it out of my pocket and I asked, "Who's the oldest uh, widow here? The oldest woman here?" And she was right in front of me, and I said, "I need you to take this and feed as many as of the women and children as you can with this, because that would go a long way. You'd be surprised." How far a hundred U.S. dollars will go, and then I said, "Okay, let's 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 get the clothes to the kids." And and there were these two boxes of clothing, I, I, three boxes of clothing. I, I I got two more to go deliver. And by the time we could bring the box, all these kids just converge on me. And the lady said, "You know what? We will do the distribution." And I said, "Fine, you'll do that. You you'll you'll handle that." And they began to take me around to show me. And there was a young pastor, there, and he says, "Reverend, you know there's no there's no church here." No church here, just the school, and we we try to to do uh, uh, to preach the gospel. I come here once a week to minister to them, and 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 there's no compensation, but I come because God calls me to do so. And then I get a call from the lady who started this from Australia. She said, "You see what we're trying to do," and I and, and I'm weeping for her. I'm weeping for them. I'm weeping for me because I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't have the solution. And then they take me to where the kids sleep, and they show me this place, and it looks all beat up, and they're doing the best they can. And then they take me to what they're trying to create, which is a guest house, so that when people come to help, they can have a place to stay. And I'm looking at this, and I'm holding back the tears, because this is the situation, not just there, but in most places in the country, while a few in government. Live in the lap of luxury and drive big cars and live in big air-conditioned homes and live up the resources of these very people who are dying on their feet. So, yes, I do have a great passion for these my people. Jesus says in Matthew 25, I was hungry, you did not feed me, I was thirsty, you did not give me drink, I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was sick, you did not come to see me. I was in prison, you did not visit me. And they asked when. He said, Ines, you've done it on the least of one of these, my brethren, you've done it on. I just thank the BRN and I thank the Baptist Resource Network and Southern Baptist Convention because they made a great difference in Liberia before the war. Before the 1980 war, I remember being on Race Institute and they provided meals, they they helped, they provided missionaries, teachers. My education was not gained in America. My articulation was not acquired in America. These are things I picked up and learned in Liberia. The education was different. The resources were provided by the Southern Baptist Convention for me. I'm praying that we can find a way in some small way to get back in Liberia. Because the missionaries left, and I understand. I understand why. I understand the atrocities. I understand the threat to their lives. But, but the war is over. I'm calling on churches. Whoever are listening to this, find a way where together we can we can make a difference. I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to try in my own small way uh, to do what I can. But But that's what took me to Liberia. But this is what I met. I'm committed to helping these individuals in Cooper Farm. Uh, I'm committed to finding the $500 a month to pay these teachers. I'm committed to partnering with anyone who would help us get the internet into the Levi S. Martin Baptist School. And all these things don't cost a whole lot of money. All it cares, calls for is compassion.
0: Well, thank you for sharing all that and sharing the great need in Liberia. Um, What, if someone is listening, and and they and read the article and, and they would like to get in contact with you to help or 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 uh, figure out a way that they can help. How should they how should they contact you or, or contact someone else?
1: Well, I tell you the truth. I would prefer to contact me. I tell you why I say this. In a place such as that, with high unemployment, high literacy, lack of food, lack of uh, healthcare. People do a lot of what we call in Liberia kerkergy. you It's difficult to trust people. No, no, I will not want to refer anyone. I would like people to work directly with me. We will scrutinize it together. We will work in cooperation with Reverend Doctor Reeves at the on the ground in Providence Baptist Church, who we can trust. And I would like to see them go there too, to see the need, to see what I'm talking about. They can get to me. Through my email that you have, C Levi Martin12, that's one two for 12 disciples at gmail.com. You can get to me on my phone number 732-754-9172. You can get to me on my on my Facebook, Charles Levi Martin, in messenger me. You can get to me on WhatsApp. You can get to me. You, I am, you can get to me through you. You can get to me through BRN. But that's what that's what they can do. And you know what? I'm praying that hearts are move. Persistence overcomes resistance. And I pray that we will be persistent in doing everything to resist what the enemy is trying to do, to come to destroy, to kill. That we will come and give life through Jesus Christ. That we will give an abundant life of health, of healing, and of salvation.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for us this week on this episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. But Reverend Martin, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing with us uh, the work that you've seen God do in Liberia, uh, but also sharing with us your passion to see the needs met in that country with that being said if you're interested in partnering with reverend martin or finding out how uh, you can give to the ministry that they are doing in liberia africa um, you can contact him by emailing martin 12 at gmail.com again that martin clevimartin12 at gmail.com and i'm sure he'll love to hear from you if you're interested in just knowing more about the ministry that they're doing there i'm sure he'll be more than willing to answer your questions Uh, about the work they're doing in Liberia, Africa. You can also jump online to Unity Fellowship Baptist Church, uh, that is Reverend Martin's church. Um, You can jump online to their Facebook page and uh, there you can see what outreach work they're doing as a community. You can also see kind of the work that they've been doing in Africa. So uh, plenty of things to check out, plenty of resources at your disposal there. And Reverend Martin also said, uh, as he mentioned in the interview, you can reach him by messaging him on Facebook as well while you're also online, you can head on over to the Baptist Resource Network's website, brnunited.org, and there you can check out uh, the article form of this story, as well as all of the 50 stories of transformation uh, that we've done up to this point in the series. So uh, lots of things to check out online. So uh, grab your computer, enjoy that when you can. And yeah, that's all I have for you this week, but thank you so much for tuning in to another story of transformation. I hope it was encouraging and edifying to you um, in any way and just able to bring glory to God and the work that he is doing within the Baptist Resource Network. I'll be back next week with another story for you, but until then, have a great week, everyone.